Blog Talk Radio. On a mountain, in a valley, I behold only God. In hardship, I see God by my side. In ease and well-being, I behold only God. Like a candle, I melted amidst the sparks of the flames. I behold only God. Rabia the mystic, an Islamic prophet. Wow, thank you for coming back today, if you did, or stopping by to listen to this show uh, if you're not here live. I'm appreciative that only one person hears what I have to share. I Last time I was talking, which was about three weeks ago, I my show just stopped after 26 minutes. You know what? I, that was a lesson in acceptance in acceptance that things are not always the way I want things to be, that everyone doesn't act the way I would like them to act, that the world is not the way I would like it to see, like to see it act or work. And it was a lesson in just letting things be what they were. It was remarkable because that's a very hard thing for me, being a controlling person and working against that, being a controlling person uh, much of the time. But in the end, I accepted it and I began trying to set up a time to have the program finish because I think being our best self, which is uniquely up to each one of us, is an important topic. How do we do that? And certainly I had a lesson in being my best self and letting things be. I decided that today, rather than start the way we normally start without taking any time for a meditation at the beginning, that we're going to go back to an old way that the show was formatted years ago. This show has been around since like 2008, I think. Long time, 13 years. Let's start today with a meditation and we're going to play some music behind that called First Light. And hopefully... we will get finished in the time that First Light allows. Now, a lot of people are worried about meditation because they worry about their breathing. They worry about not being able to cleanse all the thoughts out of their mind. They worry about breathing. Did I say breathing twice? Yeah, because the focus becomes on the breath so often. And as we talk about long breaths and short breaths, we sometimes forget to say, you can sip in breath like singing a song. So if you think of meditation as an opportunity to join breath with God's breath, and knowing that God knows all your thoughts anyway, so it's okay that your thoughts are there, but slowly breathing in and allowing those thoughts Merge with all that is. 
allowing those thoughts to just move away from you. Put them on a plate beside you, on a table, on your desk, wherever you're sitting listening. And just allow yourself to open up. Now, first, I'm going to invite all those who are listening to reach out with their dominant hand, whatever hand that is, and take the hand of another listener beside them. And feel the energy of that listener. Feel the soul of that listener as you join your energy with their energy. And then take your non-dominant hand and reach out and take the hand of another listener beside you. And envision that as you're holding hands with the listeners, God is reaching in and joining your handshake so that the palms of your hand begin heating up with the presence of God in this circle. So the circle actually, as we meditate, becomes man, God, man, God, or woman, God, woman, God. These labels, woman, man, are not so important as we make them. We use them to describe and to make ourselves right, and we use them to judge and make others less than. Yet we all are equal. At the core of learning to be your best self is allowing yourself to be equal to others, not more, not less. So here we are in a circle and we can feel the energy growing as people are taking the hands of their fellow listeners and then God is joining that handshake, that hand-holding. In order to help with breathing, I invite people, encourage people to breathe as though your nose is in the soles of your feet. Don't worry about the number of breaths you take. Just know that if you're able to take three deep breaths, you should. And if you spend one breath through this whole exercise, then that's the right amount for today for you. It doesn't take long to join your breath with God because God is already holding your hand and is already in the room with you and always has been. Thinking that we're performing our lives in the presence of God enables us to think before we speak, to feel God's presence around us before we act and to strive to be our best selves. We don't always succeed, but we try. And knowing that God is there with us, holding our hands and inviting us, lifting us up to try again when we fail, makes being our best self that much more possible. Because we learn from our failures, tough words, but failures, So let's bring in our breath through the soles of our feet, up the front of the calves, 
circling around and going up the back of the thighs and crossing over to the base chakra where your tailbone is. That's where your fears come from. They are driven by being human. They begin when we enter this body and they tend to grow and dominate until fear drives much of our behavior. Fear that we are not right. Fear that we may be wrong, which translates often to, I am right. So I'd like you to bring fearless breath, excuse me, fearless breath up from your base chakra, your tailbone, fearless breath, sipping in, and have it go into the sacral chakra, bone of creativity, and begin to create your life as a fearless being. Pardon me. As a fearless God-connected being. You don't need anyone else in the room with you to be God-connected. You don't need me with you to be God-connected. Because you were born God-connected. Pull your fearless, creative energy up to the zone runs just your, what they call the solar plexus, just kind of down to your, uh, below your navel and up to just below your heart. That is the zone of healing. We all need to spend time healing and forgiving ourselves for harming others for not using kind words, for not being our best self, knowing that once again, God is part of the formula and we are part of God. We are not alone in this journey. Now, pull your fearless, creative, healing energy up to your heart. Oh, Feel a beacon of love coming out of your heart that is uniquely the love that you can show to others, that you can express to others and to yourself. You are valuable. You are loved. Continuing pulling your fearless, creative, healing, loving breath up to your throat chakra. The throat chakra, oh my gosh, I call it the zone of forgiveness. I'm sure others probably do not. But for me, the words that we so casually speak or write can live on and harm and hurt for generations, for years, for millions of years. That is the zone of forgiveness. Forgive yourself the words that you have used and said that were not reflective of your best self. Start fresh and forgive others. Start fresh with them too. Now let's pull your fearless, 
created healing, loving, forgiving breath up to the zone, to your third eye, the zone between your eyes. And open that spot up, the zone of manifestation. And manifest. Think about who you choose to be. What is your life purpose? You have a purposeful nature. Manifest that nature. Now pull your fearless, creative, healing, loving, forgiving, manifesting breath up to your crown chakra and lift the top of your head as though you are wearing a baseball cap and feel your breath join with the breath of God and know that you are valued by God and there is nothing you have ever done that will cause God to turn his back or her back on you. Let's not get caught up in our ideas about needing to be the best for God and just be a part of God. As your breath merges like a series of Piper tubings in a lab with the breath of God. And now breathe out using as deep and long-lasting breath as you can, knowing that you are enough. You are enough to hold hands with God. You are enough for God to be in the room with you always. You are enough to be your best self. are enough. Now let's sit for a moment in silence with you continuing to breathe in and breathe out at your own speed as we listen to Be Still Thy Soul.
The version of Be Still Thy Soul is one by Anil that I heard the first time back in probably 2005 or 2006 when my daughter, my oldest daughter, was in Iraq and her son was with me. And I made him get up in the middle of the night so that we could be at precisely the same time as others listening to this song. Be Still Thy Soul by Anil, A-N-A-E-L. And I may not be saying that right, but I'm trying. I hope I am. And it was, we got up to, re, to pray together and meditate together to restart the grid of love so that people all around the world at precisely the same moment we're listening to these lyrics. Be still thy soul. Relinquish this hold. Make thee again whole. Be still thy mind. Let thee unwind and seek out a shrine. Harvest the gold that's planted around you strand by strand so that we can refire the grid, by the way. You'll be somewhat more certain. Carve out your role and reach for the heavens, and you can dream what you can be. Know that the sky will deliver. Bestir thy heart with journeys afar and rivers of stars. Bestow thy life, love, on all that ye touch and all that ye may. Hence, let it be told that rhyme will be reason, paint your world with shades that will uplift you and break, break from the mold. Shake off the illusions, never again lost in dismay. All that you need is within you. Be still thy soul and fix on the goal. Thy tale will be told. Be still thy mind, make thee one with the source of life. You are one with the source of life. You are a light. Let's not forget that light within you. You are enough and you are love. So what's going on? Why would I be having this program to talk about your being enough? Isn't that a little self-centered? I mean, after all, you can go to church where they can tell you what you're not. The minister from the pulpit can put a negative spin on you, a creation from God. None of us are perfect. None of us are perfect. We all have our failings. But when you go to many modern churches, you hear more how you are not enough for God to love you and that you need to do something more. For God to love you. Yet the reality is God loves you. God was just here in a circle with you and is with you always, is still with you. And my palms are still warm from feeling God be a part of that circle. You are enough. Be still thy soul last three minutes and 38 seconds. And yet in that three minutes and 38 seconds in those words, you are reminded that all you need is within you. So what gets going on? What's happening? 
we start not worrying about what we can do and how we act, and we begin more consumed with how other people are acting and the fact that they're not doing it our way. We become the judge of what is right and what is wrong, and then when we act vilely toward other people, and people are acting vilely toward each other, we justify that by saying, we have to do that in order to get them to be kind to us. We have to do that in order to get what we deserve, in other order for it to be our way. We litter our lives with assumptions rather than asking questions to learn what truly is going on for the other actors in our present drama. So if someone doesn't believe what we believe, rather than trying to find out why they believe what they believe, we try to force them to believe what we believe and then seek to justify that behavior by saying we are right. In other words, we don't listen to what people have to say. We don't ask them what they have to say, but instead, when we and when we do, we compose a retort in our mind rather than listening. And the retort is designed to show that we are wrong and, or excuse me, we are right and they are wrong. God knows being wrong ourselves can never be the option. Being wrong ourselves can never be the option. So this week, I challenge you to consider an opportunity of looking at some of the beliefs that you are advancing right now and ask yourselves, what if I'm wrong? Have I advanced these beliefs from a position of love? Have I been kind? Have I listened? Or have I advanced them? I am right. Have I forgotten the lessons in the Bible about loving others as I should love myself? Ah. As I should love myself means they should believe as I think, right? No. I consider that means how would I want to be treated if I were in a position? How would I want to be treated if I were black? How would I want to be treated if I were Asian? How would I want to be treated? It's how I am supposed to treat others. It's not, oh, I'll never be black or I'll never be Asian. It's not to be fearful that there may be fewer people like me. Because what has happened so often is love stops people. It's stopped by people because they judge and block people who are not like them. So only, but if you would say, oh, you think only white people 
deserve to be treated respectfully. They would say, oh, no, 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 I don't think that. But that's how they're acting. And that's what their words are saying. That is, it's okay. It's okay. It's okay. I'm talking to people on the airwaves here. Let's call it like it is. When you worry about the being replaced by people who are not white, isn't that saying that whites are best and those people are less than? Isn't that a judgment, even though we are told over and over and over again, judge not? Isn't that denying a creation of God? It doesn't matter what word people use to describe God. They are talking about God. Whether they say the word God, they say Yahweh, they say Allah, they say the Great Spirit, whatever word they're using, they're talking about God. And we were a nation founded by deists, people who believed there was one God. They didn't believe necessarily it was a Christian God, but they did believe that there was one God and that that God created all of us, not some of us, and that God doesn't create trash. And yet we have evolved into a people who seem to be rushing backwards to justify the idea that some people are not enough to be treated respectfully or that God has created trash by creating those people. Please, don't credit hate to God. Credit it to yourself. Ask yourself, what opened the door for those kinds of thoughts in your life? For those kind of attitudes about people? What made it okay to judge some people as better than others? And if you're a Christian, which is, seems to be coming from the Christians a lot lately, ask yourself, what did Jesus mean in the Sermon on the Mount when he said, love your enemies? He didn't mean love your enemies, but not this one and not that one and not that one. How can you justify from the pulpit judging and not loving others because they are different than you. Because their skin color may be different than yours. Their eye shape may be different than yours. How? That is where I wake up in the morning and where I go to sleep at night and how I feel when I read the newspaper, such as it is on the Internet anymore, so scandalous and so headline-driven and so repetitive. We don't just hear anymore 
this is what happened. We also hear why it happened per the perspective of the person who wrote it. Our founding fathers foresaw that in the United States because they talked about that with each other. And they were afraid of freedom of press for that reason. But nonetheless, they decided that we were each intelligent enough to decipher for ourselves opinions that were reflective of who we are. And I am here to tell you, you are love. How you can justify unloving behavior, I don't know. How you can use books that are full of love. Books that invite you to follow the path of love. How you can use those books to justify unloving behavior, I don't know. But I do know that in Corinthians, Jesus is reported to have said we are of the body and the body is one and he didn't mean we were all but we are all one there are books that talk about Jesus's journey you'll notice the Bible does not talk about Jesus between age 12 and 32 there are books that discuss Jesus's journey through Buddha Buddhism as Issa there are books that challenge any unloving conduct attributed to Jesus. I'm sure Jesus' highest moment was not driving the money chamber, changers from the tabernacle. However, he did not turn his back on people who were not as he chose them to be. In fact, Paul became one of his disciples. We have an opportunity, my friends, or my listeners, to be our best selves. <clears throat> Pardon me. We have the opportunity and touch others with caring, with kindness, with love. How much more money do the very wealthy among us need? How can we justify people not having food? How can we justify people not having shelter in a developed country? Clear, there's never going to be enough money for some people. Although they claim they shouldn't be taxed, but we should. So we pay more money in taxes. Warren Buffett one day or one time said he was ashamed that he pays less taxes than his secretary. Is that what does? Allows children to go without food families to go without shelter. Love justifies people not having food and shelter on the guise that they aren't working hard enough. 
That's the Protestant work ethic that started back when this country was founded, the idea that if you were good, God would bless you with money. Therefore, the assumption is you're not good, and God has not blessed you when you don't have money. I saw that around me when I was growing up, growing up poor, that somehow there was something wrong with my dad and my mom because we didn't have money. We weren't enough. It's as though we were incapable of being good people. We were incapable of being loved by God because we didn't have. We didn't have money. And that has grown and grown and grown in this country until people are killing people because they have less than. And the people who have less than are getting up and are angry and are saying, we're worthwhile. Open to love your enemies. Have you tried it? I encourage you this week to try loving others as you love yourself. Be your best self. You have control of that. You have no control over anyone else. If we all truly strove to be our best selves, the fiber of the world would change. It would begin feeling as we felt at the beginning of this program, when we felt ourselves holding hands with each other from around the world, because I have listeners from around the world, and we felt God being in the presence of that hand of our fellow listener. Let's try to recognize when we are angry in ourselves and stop ourselves and ask ourselves, what would love do now? Let's stop this unloving domino effect that is circling the planet, that is consuming us, that is taking times when things could be good and turning them into times of fear and despair. Judgment and ignoring the concepts of what would love do now. It's ignoring that God is in the room with each of us. God is bigger, so much bigger than we can imagine, providing each of us an opportunity to be our best selves. Each of us a chance to be more than we are showing. See more in others than they are showing you. Listen. Don't spend your time thinking about a retort when you have an opportunity to grow and understand. You're not always going to succeed at being love. But when you don't, God is there to give you a helping hand, just as the Samaritan was in the Bible. 
Let's be more kindness. Ask yourself when you feel that anger taking control of your words, what can I do to stop this moment? Because you know yourself. You carry it. You carry yourself. You know your anger. Believe that you can change, that you can let go of anger that we as a world can remember that we are of the body and the body is one. That is what our life journey is about. I know I set this up for the program to be, but I think we've covered it. Until next time. May you remember that you are one with God and God is always with you. That you stop yourself from being your best self, not God. That God does not justify nor approve hate or unloving behavior. Seeking justification from God is not going to happen and you find yourself as so many of you feel right now alone when you are not ever alone reach out your hand and take the hand of god and know god is holding your hand always and lifting you up to be your highest self that we are in this together not we do that segregates and separates others from us halts our growth toward God toward our union as one species to our remembering that we are all human beings we all do not make enough money for a reason because we are having lessons in learning to share. Share with others and rise them up to being equal because we are all equal. None of us are less than others. You do not need to be more than someone else and they do not have to be less than you. You are uniquely created, divinely inspired. You are enough. Make a difference. Let's begin the process. Let's keep the journey going. Be satisfied being equal. Share with others by lifting them up. Until next time, may you feel the presence of God around you, God's arm around your shoulders, God holding your hand, and may you know that you 
are valuable. Namaste. Namaste.